Hello. Shout Out to Help Out is helping graduates get their work seen and heard by as many people in as many different networks as possible. And I'm pleased to say it's really working. To prove it, I want to just share with you quickly a message I got just this morning. Hi, Steve. I just wanted to say a massive thank you. A few weeks back, you tagged my portfolio in a post, and in doing so, I've landed the job I always wanted. I can't thank you enough. Three graduates that we know of who secured paid internships, and two more that we know have got full-time employment, just from us and you sharing their work. That's five lives that we've all helped transform in the short term, possibly even forever, proving once and for all that sharing really is fucking caring. I'm your host, Steve Price, live from my kitchen table in London, joined by my effervescent co-host, live from her. Where Where are you actually live from this evening in Ely, Stephanie Tyler? My rather delightful dressing table. Fantastic. It is. Tonight's show welcomes two young industry professionals all the way from the United States of Trump. I mean, America. Stephanie, who is joining us tonight for a shout out to help out. Tonight, we have a beautifully youthful creative team. Our first guest graduated from University of Alabama in 2018 with a BA in Arts, Communication and Advertising. Her middle school career aptitude test said she would be a taxidermist. But bless her, she stuck at it and now she's an art director. Her work has been recognised by Adweek, The One Club, AAF and Young Shits. Being from Alabama, she feels lucky to have stumbled upon advertising as a career and feels she has a duty to help shape the industry, making it more accessible and inclusive for all. It's the one, the only, Lauren Meadows. Yay! And our next guest also graduated from the University of Alabama in 2018 with a Bachelor of Arts in Communication and Advertising. Once a creative, she jumped that ship and boarded the USS Copywriter. She managed to make her elementary school jumping rope team, jumping in flip-flops, with her foot in a huge bandage, having almost severed her big toe from her foot the night before. Please welcome to the stage, Mary Busby! What a brilliant introduction. Thank you, thank you. And now could you do Lauren's voice? Thank you so much. No, I can't do her voice. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, where are you? Where are you? She's fallen off the face of the interwebs. Welcome. You're actually our first industry expert guests. So uh, the professionals edition. Oh, Uh, it just so happens that you're not that far away from having graduated yourselves. So that's great. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, you're so relatable to the audience, man. Um, to the youths, we can connect with them. <laughs> are you like in any sense, like, yeah, you, youth, you. I don't know, they say, they say exactly. words I don't understand. <laughs> Stop talking. Despite your youthful years, you have some fantastic insights for our listeners about networking. And whether you're a graduate or an old git like me, or you've been made redundant and need some help and ideas, stay tuned because Lauren, and Mary have some kick-ass ideas. And hopefully we have some kick-ass questions. So welcome to the show. You good? You feeling rocking and ready? Feeling great. I'm rocking, ready to go. Good. So describe your view out of your nearest window, please. 
Oh, the view out of my nearest window. So there is a tree right outside of our window. And one of the limbs, there was a large limb that we had to cut off of it so it doesn't fall on our house and break our window and break our house. But there's been this nice bit of like moss and other leaves that have like grown in that little crevice. So it's become its own little ecosystem. That sounds beautiful. It is. So you both attended the same university. How did you end up meeting and working together? Was it creative love at first sight over a Sharpie scamp? Or perhaps it was a post-it note moment on whiteboard? How did this creative union happen? Tell us. (laughs) We did actually meet at Alabama. So we both were in the creative portfolio program at the University of Alabama called Minerva. We both were in the same cohort. So we entered that program at the same time. Um, The first class you work by yourself, you're just kind of learning how do I concept? What is advertising? What is art direction? What is copywriting? And then we worked together on several projects in that program. And then Lauren came to work with me at Lewis Communications in Birmingham after we both graduated. And honestly, we've been in mad partner love ever since then. So yeah, we did meet there. And I like to tell people it's kind of like when you meet your spouse like in high school and you're just together forever that's kind of like how me and Lauren are (laughs) so romantic it's so romantic it's so sweet I I read that you both took part in a in a you know a two-year intensive creative program designed to prepare students for a creative career in advertising did it did it work yeah so we did go through the program called Minerva at the University of Alabama it's two years long like you said the first class that you take is called concepting and so that's where you learn how to come up with an idea it's where you learn about art direction and copywriting and you learn kind of the basics of the industry and you kind of start to hone your craft there and then you choose an art direction or a copywriting path or you can do both I did both um, Lauren did the art direction seminar and path. Um, and then you just work on building your portfolio for the rest of the time. And so you'll work closely with your art direction and copywriting professors, their intense critiques, and their classes to refine your copywriting skills and your art direction skills, their software classes. So it's really great. I highly recommend it. Um, so it's 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 almost like a foundation two year foundation course in advertising where you kind of get to play with lots of different aspects within the advertising I guess career model then exactly and it's built into your undergraduate degree so you don't have to go to a separate school after you've graduated from uh, college to <laughs> to go there um, so so that's the nicest thing about it it's kind of all rolled into one and and I really enjoyed it and I think it's really helped me break into the industry so Mary Busby great name by the way thank you well being a beekeeper myself I love a little bit of bee names <laughs> so off track sorry our team of researchers inform us that you were a, inverted commas, creative, but now you're a copywriter. What happened? How did copywriting draw you over to the dark side? Any regrets, advice for other teams of creators out there considering changing what they do or even changing their careers they're already in? That's a great question. So like I said, in Minerva, I did both art direction and copywriting tracks. I went into the program thinking that I was going to be an art director because I like design and artsy things. Um, And then I realized 
in the program that I actually really enjoyed copywriting as well. So I did both. And during my first internship and then the first part of my full-time job at Lewis, I was an art director intern and then an art director. And then I approached my ECD and I expressed interest in doing more copy. And so he allowed me to do that. And then I became a bit of a hybrid creative at the agency. And when Lauren joined me there, we became a partnership. Um, and really just from the how our program is, both of us do both at times, which I think is true for a lot of teams. Like Lauren will give me copywriting copywriting ideas, I'll give her art direction ideas, and we kind of bounce back and forth. And just with the way that agencies are structured right now, it's still very, you know, art director or copywriter. And so I kind of took on that copywriter role. So now at Barclay, I'm the copywriter, she's the art director. But again, we both contribute to both fields. And I think that the industry will kind of change to become more fluid and open to hybrid creatives. I definitely think that there are a lot of people that do that right now. And so that's kind of the story behind that. So really, it's just both of us fitting into the molds of how the current agency structure is. I was going to say, I think it's great that you can be, you know, diversify your skills within agencies. And I, I definitely think if you're applying as a copywriter or even an art director, having that extra skill set to add value is brilliant. Definitely, for sure. Also, it, it, it kind of just gives you that breadth of knowing, I don't know, what an art director's kind of role is or the stresses or strains that they might be getting or the kind of pressure to come up with an idea so you kind of know how to support them and vice versa. Or, I mean, you know, Stephanie's, you know, kind of a brand account director who works with me, but I value her creative input as way as much as I do, you know, um, advice on on how to manage a client but I think it's quite good to, to be able to flex and to to you know be open to uh, you know that kind of input I think right absolutely yeah my background kind of like as an art director when I'm writing copy it makes me more it makes me better copywriter for her uh, especially with just like knowing how long it takes to design things or to make things and knowing how to set the copy up to be successful in the layout and different things like that. It definitely helps me be a better partner for her. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you, you were saying before, um, I forget how long you said you've been at Barclay now, but uh, how's, how's that been in terms of, you know, accommodating, you know, a young team, you know, are there, are there lots of you that get drafted in or are you kind of, you know, selectively picked like once a year and, and with COVID, are you, are you working in a, you know, at home, obviously you're in Alabama, they're in Kansas city. So is, you know, how, how, how's all that working for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. So we started back in July. Um, so we've been there for a few months. We actually started interviewing with Barkley back in, I think it was March. It was right before everything super happened with COVID, before everything hit the sh shit hit the fan. So we um, got an offer from them. And then it was just kind of like, let's see what happens with COVID. And it was like kind of a weird time. And so we were courting with Barkley for a while, but we just, we love them so much because of their energy and 
their investment in their employees and the team is really great. Um, it seems like a really great place to grow and make great work. And so we ended up joining them in July, like I said, and it's been very interesting starting a new job remote. <laughs> it is definitely different, but it's such a great team and everyone has been so welcoming. You know, they've got that Midwestern kindness. And so they've made us feel so welcome. I feel like Barkley has really paid even closer attention to things like onboarding and their culture because we're all remote right now. So it's been very weird, but it's been a, such a smooth process. And honestly, I've, I've been able to get to know some of my coworkers pretty well through Zoom and video chats. <laughs> so it's been pretty good so far. Lauren and I are the newest team on our column on our teams. We've just been having a blast getting to know everyone, but it's been it's been great. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of that trying to fit in remotely and, and present, presenting ideas and, you know, it's kind of this little box that you are on a screen. It's, um, it's, it's creatively, I think it's quite a challenge to, you know, to, because I think also people aren't aware of how they look when they're looking at a screen. If, you, if you're presenting to someone in a room, it's, it's off-putting sometimes. And I, I've, I found it even worse on, on Zoom because some people, I think, forget that there's a camera and they sit there and they can, they can look like, you know, they're trying to not to watch someone knit a cat to death. And it's like, are they, are they frozen or do they hate everything I'm saying? That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And even just like toggling between scripts and decks and like you can't really see your you're not really watching people when you read a script. So you can't really get that initial reaction. It's really weird. And it's definitely, it's definitely weird. So you, you both came to uh, our attention after my friend and uh, chief copywriter, Vicky Ross. I think she's the chief of copywriting for the entire world. She probably should be. Ha- hashtag copywriters unite. She'd, she shared a link to a Google slide deck, which we will share when we post this onto our website, that you both wrote together and shared and called it how to network your ass off. And I think you described it, Mary, as a, a deck for creative students about how to stop thinking about networking as a stuffy corporate thing and start thinking about it as making industry BFFs. It's complete with uh, thought starter scripts for potential mentors, CDs and recruiters, do's and don'ts, and other helpful tips like having a robust Twitter presence. Tell us more. It's Where did the inspiration come from to write it? And I know it's been really popular. I've seen it cropping up everywhere. So yeah, tell us, tell us everything now. Awesome. You got it. We had our professor at Minerva reach out to us several months ago, wanting us to give a presentation on networking. And so we've been thinking about this for the past few months. And Lauren and I have really been building our network robustly, I would say over the past year. And so we just sat down to evaluate what we were doing, how it was working for us. And really, when I was in school, and I would reach out to creative directors or recruiters, I would get really nervous, I would overthink every single word, because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what you're supposed to say. I didn't know, are you supposed to be really creative in your message? Is it supposed to be short and sweet? And then I felt like I heard a million different things from a million different people. And so it was this very intimidating thing for me. And so once I got out of school, I I had been at Lewis for like, a couple months at this point, and I reached out to 
this woman named Aisha on Twitter because I found one of her tweets. I was obsessed with it. I looked at her book and I was obsessed with her book even more. And so I just DM'd her on Twitter and I was like, hi, I just really love your stuff. I love this project. I would be so grateful if you could look at my book and give me any advice. And then since then, she's been an amazing mentor and friend for me the past year. And she's given me really great opportunities and I've learned so much from her. And so my biggest learning experience through that was it was just a short message that I sent to her on a social media platform and like late at night. (laughs) It wasn't this very buttoned up intense email with all of this thought behind it. It was more casual. Then after that, that's pretty much how I started to network with people, people and how Lauren started to network with people. One of our other closest mentors and friends, David Greiner, who's the creativity and innovation editor at Adweek, it was the same situation. We connected on Twitter, and then we tweeted back and forth to each other for a while. And then we met up. We found out that we both lived in Birmingham, Alabama. And so we met up, and then Lauren joined us later on. And it was like the stars-aligned moment of this is insane that we all live here and why haven't we met before? And so again, such an amazing connection made via Twitter. And so then they've become two of our closest best friends and two of our closest mentors in this industry. And so that is how really we've built our network and we've completely changed from thinking it's this scary thing. You have to say the perfect thing every time. It was much more like, we're just going to casually, you know, like interact with these people on Twitter and we're going to casually interact with them on LinkedIn and different things like that. And our the emails don't have to be so scary and intense. And since that mindset changed for both of us, we have built our network like exponentially. And it's it's interesting to like, like we call it in the deck, it's making industry BFFs. It doesn't it like when I say building your network, it feels so like professional, but it's really just a huge group of like colleagues and friends that we've gotten to know and gotten close to who we chat about industry trends with who we chat about everything with. That's the biggest takeaway from that deck for students is to take that intimidating factor away and change how they think about networking. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been talking to as many as I can on Zoom calls because some of them are really, you can see it, they're really struggling. And, and yeah. I, I try to do whatever I can to inspire them or motivate them or the amount of them that have, you know, they've never been taught it, but they their kind of default is to go, oh, dear sir or madam, or, and they, they take on this kind of formal pressure to write a very, I'm a graduate, da, 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 and, and I'm like, no, if we were sitting in a room, would you talk like that to me or to someone you knew? No, like find some common ground try and find something you love about them or lots of things you like try and start a conversation. And, and I think, you know, that's, you know, to your point, it's, it's, but it's not taught. And that's why I, I guess the question I was asking you at the beginning about that, that kind of intense program that you were on, did they cover any of that as well? No, they did not. And I think that's why our professor wanted us to come back and present this deck because he knew that, that was definitely something missing from the program. It was so great in the way that we learned how to put the idea first, how to refine our craft, but we didn't learn how do we then take those skills and communicate with other people in the industry. Um, so that was definitely missing. But I think that he's working on you know, trying to integrate that. And I think all schools 
should be doing that um, because it is definitely, I mean, it's a scary world for students out there, especially when you're, when you're first graduating, you're just trying to get a job. It, it can be so intimidating and scary. And knowing your audience, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've come out of this really positively. I say come out of this, I mean, you know, university and the daunting place that you end up at the end. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure now, especially with the elephant in the room that we're calling COVID, it's even more daunting because at university you learn a certain way and you come out and you think, oh, okay, it's all completely changed. So because you graduated, you know, only two years ago, going into your first job then and going into your, you know, this job now, would there be anything you would say to people from the differences and the struggles and the challenges you found? I think the biggest struggle now for students is obviously, I mean, our industry is reeling from COVID. I think there's a level of desperation that everyone is experiencing right now that I didn't have two years ago. I mean, it was a great economy and jobs were definitely more plentiful back then. And I think knowing how to network correctly now is going to be even more important because everyone has that level of desperation. Any positive energy, any authenticity that you can bring that isn't please, please, please give me a job. Please, please, please. I'm graduating. Like, please give me a job. I'm freaking out, which is a completely normal feeling. And I know everyone is feeling that right now. But if you learn to hone that energy into something more positive and authentic, I think people will will respond to it better. Because I think that instinct is, I need to email as many people as I can. I I need to be as clear as I can. I need a job. And you can communicate in more subtle ways. So I think you know, BFF route of networking with people will be more beneficial now because every recruiter, every creative director, every hiring manager, they're all getting the same email. And so something that's new is a breath of fresh air. So that's, that's my advice. I think, I think it also comes back to that, that thing that you were saying about, you know, you, you, you came to that realization of actually, I, I can just talk to people like a normal human being, right? <laughs> yes. even if it's a DM. I mean, I, you know, like uh, the, the, some of the stuff I put out on the, my company's feeds, like it definitely shouldn't be out there, but it's, <laughs> fuck it, it's mine. And yeah, and I, I've, you know, I've had, I've had, I've had some people, I've had some people, you know, give me advice about, or maybe you shouldn't put too many pictures of your dog on there. And it's like, go fuck yourself. Like, you know, whatever it might be, like, or maybe you shouldn't swear so much. Like, fuck you. I Like, if you want to work, if people, yes. if people don't want to work with me, because I swear that's okay. And you can unfollow me. Right. But, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it is, it is a balance. And I try, I, I'm, you know, Twitter for me is normally just me ranting at our prime minister or your president. It's <laughs> it's one or the other, <laughs> and every yes. now and then, and every now and then it's a oh here's a shout out to help out. Here's some really great work, Boris. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, sorry, probably have another question. Are you are you seeing and feeling the effect of COVID nineteen in in Adland over there? And I mean, you're working from home, obviously in Alabama. Um, you know, what what's your do you, have a, do you have a gut impression as to you know how this shit show we're calling 2020 might play out into the into the coming years with the industry over there? Yeah, so it's definitely our our side of the industry over here has definitely been reeling from COVID. I mean, you can look at any number of holding company agencies and they've had high percentages of layoffs, especially you know experiential agencies like Giant Spoon um, have let go of a large number of their staff just because the nature of 
advertising has changed over this past year because of COVID. Um, I think clients are scared and it's definitely been hard for a lot of people. It's, it's definitely a dark time. I honestly don't know when things will start to look up. Unfortunately, I think independent agencies may be coming out on top after this, like Barclay has grown so much this year, despite COVID. Um, and I think that's been true for some other independent agencies too, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely hard. And whenever I talk to students all the time and whenever I talk to them and give them advice, I'm, I just level with them. And I'm like, look, <laughs> I did not have to go what you went through or what you're going through right now. Um, I totally feel for you. I, I can't imagine trying to find a job in this, in this climate, in this market. Um, and I think that's just a hard reality we're all facing right now. This, this is becoming a bit of a bugbear for me. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but as a copywriter, graduate about pages, I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, so their websites, they have about pages. They're usually quite terrible because again, coming back to that formal thing. So as a copywriter, graduate about pages, what's your advice to graduates on what to write on their about page? So one thing I see on a lot of student about pages is their opinion on the Oxford comma. And at this point, it's kind of a bad joke that isn't really funny anymore. So that's my number one piece of advice. Just don't write anything about the Oxford comma. Um, so, but yeah, about pages are difficult to write. I would say like with mine, I tried to find an interesting quirky story about myself that was different from anyone else and just tell that story and how it can connect to your work ethic or your passion or your creativity. Um, if there's any sort of quirky thing about you, like how you grew up, what sport you played, what instrument you played or what anything interesting about you, plug that in there, show your personality. Um, I would keep it not too long, but you know, let people see your personality. Yeah, like I remember, I can almost remember verbatim the story about you getting onto your jump rope team because it's different. You know, it yeah. it stands out. But look, we could go on all night, but sadly, we have to move on to our next segment. Welcome to the quick fire questions, or as we like to call it, quick fire questions. Uh, the clues in the name, first answers only, will be accepted. Any others, Lauren? And Mary, are you both ready? Ready. What is the sexiest and least sexiest name? Least sexy name. I just like Franny. That's the least sexiest because it reminds me of Fanny. I'm going to say the sexiest name is Fabio because I just associate <laughs> Fabio as a sex symbol in the States. <laughs> I know your second person, the second person on your favorite caller list. This is so sad. I don't have a favorite caller list. <laughs> so you can flip a switch that will wipe away any band or musical artist off the earth. What and who is it? Please say Kenya West. <laughs> I'm actually going to say Hobo Johnson. He's basically like this spoken word music artist and all of his songs are about like how women break his heart and wrong him and it just it's one of the cringiest genres of music and lyrics that i've ever heard is a hot dog a sandwich no it is not a sandwich what is something that everyone looks stupid doing a podcast 
You can't see us, Steve. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm going to say moving a dryer because that's what my husband and I have done last weekend. <laughs> and we look, no, but I know we looked so stupid and no one can look graceful or anything when you move a dryer. It's just impossible. I Was it was it a bit like the scene from Friends where you got like... Uh... Yes. Go, pivot, pivot. <laughs> yes. And I'm just horrible at moving things like that. I get really scared and <laughs> skittish. Your least favorite mode of transportation? Probably the subway. So you have $7 and five minutes at the grocery store. What do you buy? Dude, I'm buying those little chocolate donuts from Hostess. Who would you really like to just punch in the face? Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Mitch motherfucking McConnell. Easy. No questions asked. I would love to punch his little turtle face. <laughs> back into his shell. Get back in your shell. You... Yes, get back in your shell. I love that. It's either him or Lindsey Graham for me. I just um... Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a good choice too. In 40 years, what do you think people will be most nostalgic for? Just human interaction in general, like dinner parties or picnics or going to the movies together as a group. Like, I think that's going to be what people are most nostalgic for. How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Oh, my God. I love it. I'm definitely team pineapple on pizza. That's probably my favorite pizza. We want to hear from any graduate from the creative arts, advertising, design, creative writing. If you have a website, send me a link. I'll post it and get everyone I know to share it. If you're sat there now thinking, this doesn't apply to me, it does. I don't care if you've got a third, bailed in your second year and left university, or you got a first. What started as a hashtag campaign from my kitchen table is becoming a movement and you're all very much part of it and you are definitely welcome. Send me a link, I'll post it, together we'll share it. Welcome to a segment we like to call Power of Three. It's highly likely, uh, as a child, everything you learn was based around threes. A, B, C, one, two, three, three blind mice, three musketeers, Huey, Dewey and Louie, Alvin and the Chipmunk. Stories have a beginning, a middle and end. Information presented in groups of threes sticks in our heads better than any clusters of items. For example, mind, body, spirit, stop, look, listen. I came, I saw, I conquered, which ironically is the words I'm using for my own gravestone. Here we hand over the airwaves to our guest. Guests, guest, she's on her own. One minute per item, three minutes in total. No more, no less, no exceptions. After 60 seconds, you'll hear this sound. Next! Meaning you must move on. When your three minutes is up, you'll hear this sound. Shut it! Time now then to hand over to our referee and timekeeper, Miss Stephanie Tyler. Lauren, Mary, I gave you your instructions in the dressing room. Remember, protect yourself. Let's have a clean fight. No hits below the belt. And above all, obey my command at all times. You have three minutes. Your first minute starts now. So when it comes to networking, be genuine, not opportunistic. The key to making industry BFFs is that you should be reaching out to people that you admire and want to learn from. You can't come from a place that's self-serving like, what can I get from this person? How can I leverage this connection? 
when you reach out to people with those opportunistic goals in mind, they can sense that. It's like Axe body spray that someone wears. You can just smell it off of them. Then ultimately, that connection will fall flat in the long run because you are focused on what you could get from them. Lauren and I reached out to David Greiner, creative and innovation, innovation editor at Adweek. We were looking for his advice on how to break out of a small market since he had successfully done it. We never expected him to use his connections to get us a job. We purely just wanted to hear about his experiences and learn from him. And that's what made our friendship with him so strong. Next! (laughs) Start reaching out to people as early as you can. Usually people love helping students and giving them guidance. You don't have to know all the answers and and. Oh, I'm going to start that over. You don't have to know all of the answers, and it doesn't matter if you don't have a book. Ask people questions about projects in their books and ask them about their stories. Ask them about how they got into the industry, what they love and hate about agency life. Ask them what you should be doing now to be set up for success in the future. If you've already got a book, ask them for feedback. Your portfolio does not have to be perfectly polished, and they don't expect it to be. That's why you're reaching out to them. Take their feedback gracefully and don't be argumentative. There's a difference between defending your work and being combative and disrespectful. However you reach out to people, be succinct and respectful of their time. Next! Twitter is your best friend when it comes to networking. As we talked about before, I DM'd a woman I admire on Twitter asking for feedback on my portfolio, and she's been my mentor and close friend for the past year. And I've actually met most of my industry friends on this app and have been granted some really cool opportunities because of that. Follow publications like Adweek and find creatives you admire and interact with their content. Share your thoughts on campaigns and industry trends. Use your voice there to talk about things that are important to you, like diversity, for example. Always keep your personality, but make sure you put clear information about who you are and what you do in your bio so you don't get lost in the online sea. And no, you don't have to exclusively tweet about advertising. In fact, it's pretty much frowned upon to do that. Tweet about politics and bagels, too, if you want. That's what I do. Shut it! What wonderful advice. Thank you. Wonderful advice there, Mary. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, thank, thank you very much for that. I'm, I'm, I hope you all found that really useful. I was making notes and uh, now I can't read them. So, excellent. Uh, just a little bit of housework uh, before we finish this show. Do our guests have any questions for us or last remarks, pearls of wisdom, or perhaps just one last thing they want to plug to our listeners? I think... I can plug my Twitter. So if any of your listeners want to connect with me and maybe learn more about how to use the platform, because I know it's really weird. My handle is at Mary underscore Busby and that's B-U-Z-B-E-E. And then Lauren's Twitter handle is at La La Lauren with three N's on the end of it. So feel free to connect with her there as well and reach out to us. Perfect. Thank you. We will share all of this when we post it to the website eventually, once it's been edited. We will share all of your details. Thank you. Awesome. And I hope Lauren hasn't fallen into the dark cupboard under the stairs. I know. I'm going to have to call and check on her after this. 
Yeah, just, just just tell her it went really badly and it was probably really awful and yeah, it was better she wasn't here. Yeah, it's it it probably went a lot smoother to be honest. So, I mean, you did profess your undying love for her, so yeah. she'll, she'll she'll hear that. It's true. I'm not sure what your husband will think, but hey, he's a guy. He's a he probably didn't hear it in one ear, out yeah. the other. Exactly. It's our final segment we like to call In Conclusion. I, I think we've all learned a valuable lesson that sharing is really, really fucking caring and that Twitter actually is something you should consider using. The great state of Missouri is good, but two ladies by the name of Lauren and Mary make Alabama great. Uh, and I think we can safely say we've made two new industry BFFs for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I paid her to say that. And just to end on, with, with the immortal lyrics, and, and for Lauren and, and Mary, say, you probably won't have heard this song, but it was it was sung by two comedians on TV many, many moons ago. So the immortal lyrics of Sylvia D and Arthur Kent, I just like to say, bring me sunshine in your smile. Bring me laughter all the while. In this world where we live, there should be more happiness. So much joy you can give to each brand new bright tomorrow. Make me happy through the years. Never bring me any tears. Let your arms be as warm as a sun from up above. Bring me fun. Bring me sunshine. Bring me love, sweet love. Bring me fun. Bring me sunshine. Bring me love. That's our show. Uh, thanks to Lauren Meadows and Mary Busby. Thank you so much. We are so happy to be here. To my co-host, Stephanie Tyler. Thank you very much. And toodle pip. And last but not least, to you, our listeners. You can catch this and more episodes on our website, shoutouttohelpout.org. If you'd like to be a guest, email us at team at shoutouttohelpout.org. If you need some help, some advice, you can catch us at the same email address. Be safe, be well, be gone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>